Hey everybody, welcome to a Voice in the Wilderness podcast. Guess what? You guys are going to love this. My wife is here with me, and I know she's so much better to look at than me. Oh, whatever. So, you guys get a chance to hear from my wife. So, let me just share with you guys what happened. We had, I went and we got a new mattress. I think this might be the first new mattress me and you've ever had. 25 years of marriage. I don't think this is... So, Dylan, you better feel privileged, brother. That's the first one we've ever bought. So, anyway, um, so we, I went up there to look at some mattresses with Dylan at Columbia Mattress here in town. And, man, I just felt God telling me to share um, you know, a little bit about what God's done since we've been working for the Lord. And he's like, man, have you ever done a podcast about that? And I was like... Not really, man, because it's just, I don't really talk about all the blessings that God's given us unless God moves me to do that, because sometimes it can come across like you're trying to brag, and I don't want to brag, you know, I don't want to come across like I'm being arrogant or nothing like that, but... We'll just blame Dylan. It was his idea. Yes, this is Dylan's fault. <laughs> if you don't like it, it's Dylan's Take fault. Take it over with him. So, so I got with Crystal, and I was like, hey, let's... You know, let's talk about some of the things that God's done in our life because a lot of times there's people out there, and sometimes our, here's here's a scenario for me that I see a lot. Sometimes there's a scenario out there where God is calling someone to be in full time ministry, and it is super intimidating. I mean, especially as a guy that was an entrepreneur and a salesman most of his life, all my professional careers, as a matter of fact, and it was hard for me to step away from what I was familiar with making a living and trusting God to provide for me. And that's a scary place to get because in one of them, you're kind of in control all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of up to you how hard you work. And then the other one, you don't have any idea when it's going to get there. And usually it's not more than you need. It's exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, that was it took about a year for God to get that out of me, you know, my own willpower to do it my own way, you know, and, and people say, well, how did God get that out of you? Well, I went from being able to be relatively successful at anything that I put my hand to, to not being, being able to make anything work. And that lasted for like a year. I remember my family was like, you know, you're not even trying to get a job. And I said, here, I'll give you my resume. You can send it to anybody you want. They did. They sent it out. You know, they sent it out to everybody. And, you know, um, I mainly worked for, you know, in sales my whole life. But, I mean, I should have been able to get a job. You know, it wasn't like I wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have like a super, I got an AA degree and a high school diploma. I mean, I should have been able to get some kind of job. And um, I remember I got emails from everywhere. Because they sent my resume out, and I was well, you getting, sent. I think Alaska or somewhere crazy. You said you sent it. Yeah, I was a oh, lot I, of places I, I, too. Yeah, I was applying for jobs everywhere. Everywhere. And so this was when the real estate market had collapsed, and we were you know growing broke and all that. And so I got saved in July first of two thousand and eight. You know, Crystal, you got saved when you were a teenager, and so big big gap there, but it really got crazy whenever I got born again and I started feeling like I was called into the ministry and so those of you that don't know me and Crystal have known each other since high school and we go way back but it wasn't until July 1st of 2008 that things started really shifting and 
The real estate market was collapsing in 2007 and 2008. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was, you know, in the first time in my life, I was in deep financial trouble. And we were losing everything, our house. We um, had to file bankruptcy. Just to, you know, I mean, and people say, well, do you file, you know, some people file bankruptcy and keep a lot of stuff, but we didn't. We filed, and I can't remember which one it is, seven or 13, but we filed the one where you relinquish everything. And we gave everything up. Yeah, we gave Mm -hmm. up everything, even our homestead. And so we just were, you know, our prayer was, God, we want to start over. And we don't want to owe anybody any money. So we kind of made a commitment that we weren't going to borrow nothing no more. And so we went from living in a 4,000, roughly about 4,500 square foot brick home on six acres in the middle of town. I mean, we were literally five minutes from everything. Everything. It was nice. Beautiful, crystal, crystal clear uh a spring fed creek in our backyard it was gorgeous i mean it was we had a basement that had a kitchen in it a bathroom in it and um it was a full-size room it was 500 square foot on itself we live in a and since then we've been living in a 280 foot square square foot park model on the swanee river since we left that house mm-hmm. and so a lot changed we actually had a house full of furniture that we literally gave away I mean, I'm talking about everything you can think of because when you go into a tiny home, you just can't take anything in there with you. No. So we literally gave ceiling fans and lamps and you name it, we gave it away. So it's been a crazy ride, but we want to share with you guys some of the cool things that God's done since we've committed our life to serving him. So what do you yeah, want to I tell people all the time, it's like we have a front row seat to the God show. Yeah. <laughs> It's so cool, though, because being in ministry, I mean, you really get to, you know, you got to trust in him and you just really get to see him move. But it's so weird being on this side of the camera because I'm the one that normally edits the podcast. And so it's just weird being I know I did the very (laughs) first one, but I haven't, you know, I hadn't been editing it like that time was our first one. But, yeah, now I'm editing them and uh it's weird. Yeah, she'll fast forward through a lot of it, and she won't no. fast forward through well, this No, well, I one. can still hear what's being said, but it's just, y'all are talking really fast like this. So, the first thing that God really did <clears throat> that was so cool, and I'm going to give you my perspective, and my wife will correct where I'm wrong, okay? That's kind of how this works. So, the bank had told us that they were going to sell our house on the courthouse steps, and we had to leave. That's what the bank told us. And Crystal was pregnant with Fisher at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember we started praying that God would let us be settled while you had the baby. Like that was your prayer, that you didn't want to be in the middle of transitioning into another place while you were pregnant. And they were supposed to sell our house before he was born. Like I think it was like six or seven months before he was born. It was like way back. I can't remember the exact dates. but So we started praying that we wouldn't have to be in transition when we were having a newborn. And so I remember um, during that time, I couldn't make any money because I was mainly in real estate and there was no way to make money on real estate. And I remember that um, we had 13 different pieces of property at the time. And some of them were houses, some of them were vacant land. And I remember... (laughs) I remember it was crazy. I remember checks coming in the mail from the banks that were foreclosing on us on some of the properties that we had. 
like fifteen hundred dollars and eighteen hundred. It was crazy. It was like, I mean, they were literally like checks showing up in the mail from the banks that were actually after us. Do you remember that? Uh-uh. I don't remember that. <clears throat> I mean, it was crazy. And I remember thinking, why are they sending us money when they're actually like we're in litigation legally? But and so we knew we had to move. God, was, somehow or another, he stretched that all the way out until after Fisher was born. Fisher actually was almost one when we left there, maybe. He's, well, he's, I think he was a little older than that, actually. He's 10 now. We've been at the river since 2013 so he's born in 10 august of so 10. basically three years he I was he he almost, would, yeah so we went from we were losing our house to him almost being three years old but one cool thing one cool memory i have you know whenever we're getting those notices on our front door and you know i was what five six months pregnant which wasn't a good feeling because you want to nest and make a cute little baby's room. And I didn't know what was happening, but you know, God really spoke to my heart during that time and just kind of comforted me, comforted me with the story of Mary riding a donkey to go, you know, I just, I I didn't feel so bad then (laughs) because things could be worse, but even that bad situation, you know, turned out awesome. Yeah, I remember, I remember you talking to me about that. Now, you know, mm-hmm. God was showing you that there couldn't be a worse scenario for Mary riding a donkey into a city mm-hmm. with a bunch of people. She gets there. There's nobody there and, to help her have a baby. And it was at the end of her pregnancy, which is hor- you feel just miserable like a bloated cow when you're, you know, at the very, very end, you retain water and like you're just really overweight you know, not overweight but you know carrying that extra weight and stuff and i could not imagine being on a donkey during that time no yeah. bueno and so god redeems the world through circumstances that looked as bad as they could possibly get mm-hmm. in our in our eyes from the world standpoint it's kind yeah. of crazy but so anyway so fisher's growing older and god stretches that all the way out and i remember um I was memorizing scripture with George Kierce, my mentor, and I had just memorized the verse, Matthew six thirty three. but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Well, if you go above that verse in chapter six, it talks about clothing and, you know, taking care of your food and all that kind of stuff. And, and so my family came to me and they were like, you know, what's your plan? And I'm like, I really don't have a plan because the only piece of property that we were able to keep was a piece of property that was on the Swanee River, an acre. And we had always wanted to retire there one day. That was kind of our thing. And so I was like, we don't really have a plan. We've got one piece of land left and there's really no plan. So me and Crystal started thinking, you know what? It'd be cool to have like a small cabin or a tiny home. And then we would just live debt free and then we'd build our house as we could afford to build it. And that was our plan. And so we started praying about that. And I took my first job as a pastor at a Baptist church. And right before I actually like started on staff, and I think I was making like $125 a week or something. It was something crazy, 150 It was not much. It was like a part-time thing. And I went by these people's house, and I saw two park models sitting in their, um, in their, in their field, out in the field. 
And so I looked up their phone number and searched them out and all that kind of stuff. And I started praying about it. And I started feeling like God was telling me that, sh- that these people were going to give us these park models. And I was so like new in my faith. And I was like, there ain't no way any- anybody's going to give us a couple of park models, man. I didn't even tell my wife. I didn't tell nobody. <clears throat> and so I'm sitting there. And, well, uh, at the same time, though, I was working at Shining Star Academy of the Arts and Angel, my friend Angel, and I, we used to do the traffic at the end of school, and we had the best time out there, too. She'd do Michael Jackson impersonations. <laughs> we had so much fun. But anyway, one day she told me, she's like, I really feel like, because she knew what was going on, she's like, I really feel like God, or no, no, she confidently said, God's going to um, give you those park models. And I was like, girl, you are crazy, you know. And then you dropped Fisher off to me at school that day to so you could go coach football. And I said, Angel, tell Skipper what you told me. And when she did, you were like, I feel like God said the same thing to me. And I'm like, y'all are both crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. So, and we didn't have any money now. I'm telling you, when I'm telling you we were broke, we were broke. And so, uh, I went, I went to the house and the wife met me in the yard, in the, in the field. She walks me out there to them and they had taken everything out of the inside of them. It wasn't nothing but just insulation and two by fours and a floor. They were going to put them together and make them into one unit and they couldn't do it because they were trying to put them on the coast, which is a zone three. And these were zone twos. And she's like, well, we, we can't use them. And I said, well, look, I'm really having a hard time trying to figure out what to offer you because they need to be remodeled and you can't really book them out, you know, when they're remodeled, need to be remodeled. And she looks over at me and she says, did you say you were fixing to take your first job as a pastor? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she goes, well, let me ask you something. How much money do you have in your wallet? And I pulled my wallet out and I said, you're going to think this is crazy. I said, but I don't carry cash because I feel like cash is too easy to spend. And she goes, well, I'll tell you what. She said, we're going to give them to you, and you consider that a gift from God. And I literally like started weeping right there in her field, mm-hmm. like crying. And it was the first time I'd ever seen one of God's promises just right in my face like that mm-hmm. come to pass. And she's like, you know, she was like, "What? are you okay? And I'm like, you don't understand. I said, my family was offering to rent me and my family a house because we're losing our home. And I told them no because I felt like I, I had memorized that verse, Matthew six thirty three, and God promised me that he would provide for me and my family. And I said, and I was wanting to see God show up, and God's using you to show up in my life. You know, and so she was like, you know, it was a testimony to her too because, you know, we had the option to get help from family, but we chose to depend on God anyway. The, the easy thing would have been to depend on family. That would have been the mm-hmm. easy route. Yeah. You know, because my family could afford it. That wasn't a, that wasn't going to put them out too much or nothing. But it was it was just the fact that you know what I wanted to know is are these is what I read in the Bible is it real? Does it really happen? Yeah. You know. So do you remember when I told you that they were giving them to us? When do you remember when I told you? Not oh the date no. no I, I don't remember either. But I remember it blew me away. I could yeah. not believe it. It was crazy. So anyway, let me tell you a little bit how that all transpired. So we took both of these park models down to our river lot, and we were going to put them together and make one unit out of them. 
And we had some neighbors that kept calling the building department because just they're just you know sometimes long people story long story people, people sometimes got you get you know you got neighbors that kind of keep track of everything going on in the neighborhood well we got a few of those so they kept calling the building department and come to find out there is an ordinance where you can only have one rv on your property at a time and each one of those were considered an rv so there were two so they made us take them they made us take one of them off the property and so i hook it up to my truck and i pull it uptown they just built a circle c where i parked it there that, circle that, k circle k sorry that, that store they just built at the intersection of 90 and bell and i put it there and i sold it to some people over in old town and <clears throat> the money that i got from that park model was exactly the amount of money i had to have to remodel the other one mm-hmm. so even though it seemed like a real bad situation as having to move it and being a smaller space it actually worked out to where it took care of what we needed yeah so yeah. it's kind of cool <clears throat> yeah but i mean that's not the only time we've had several incidences where not that big that's probably the biggest where god showed up like yeah. the biggest giving us a house but um my favorite is fisher yeah tell them about it because fisher well we call him nana's prayer because um well i thought when we told my mom, I thought she was going to be really surprised that we are having another baby because Gracie, we have two girls and, um, Gracie was already six or seven, I think seven when, uh, we told them, we told everyone Christmas day, but, uh, anyway, we decided, you know, we're just gonna, you know, let God, God have our marriage. And, you know, we were just really focusing on doing marriage God's way and stuff. And, uh, we got, pregnant with him and whenever we told my mom it was in a card and you know we wrote little little things saying oh you're such a great grandma and you're going to be good for the next one or whatever well I thought she's gonna be shocked and she she read the card and she looked up and she goes it's a boy and uh we were like what because you know and she goes yeah I've been praying for about six months that y'all are gonna have a blonde-haired blue-eyed boy like Tim Tebow. Now, the girls have dark hair and darker eyes. Like, they're not brown, but they're like a hazily brown. And um, so my mom was praying for um, for him to have blonde hair and blue eyes and be like Tim Tebow. Not to be like just like Tim Tebow, but to have that, you know, a platform or, a, you know, like he did for, for Jesus. And so anyway, he... We waited till we had him to find out what he was. We didn't find out ahead of time. Um, it's his room in monkeys. And then uh, we I was just going to put bows on him if he, if he was a girl and just leave him if he's a boy. But anyway, so he um, uh, we had him. And Skipper has a really cool testimony of like how God really spoke to his heart whenever he handed him to the doctor, gave him to him in the the birthing room but um but he's a lot like tim tebow he's yeah, the left-handed <clears throat> like tim tebow and yeah the doctors are saying he's gonna be six foot four to six yeah. five um he's left-handed he's blonde-haired he's blue-eyed and um he actually has a little bit of a, a issue with the dyslexia yeah. and i think so did tim and yeah there's various i mean it's a lot kinda, of 
A lot, it's crazy <laughs> how similar they are. It's cool. And, you know, so we'll, you know, we'll see how God works all that out. But in the end, yeah. but the way that <clears throat> the, the thing that God did that was so cool with me with Fisher was during that time of 2008 and nine, when we were going broke, you know, I was just kind of like, God, I just want to be out of debt. I don't want to owe anybody any money. I'm tired of all these banks being after me. I'm tired of all these pay- people calling me. You know, I just want to be debt free. I'm never going to put myself in that place again. And so I'm literally like every day praying, God, get me out of debt, get me out of debt, get me out of debt. Well, we were out of debt. He did deliver on that one, even though um, this this other thing happened. So we're sitting there in the in the uh, delivery room. And those of you that don't know, um, my dad was the last male in the hairline. And then I was his only child, and I was I was born when he was 52 years old. So um, I was born late in his life, and then he passed away when I was two. And so I was the last male, and then we had Lindsay and Gracie, and then eight years later we get pregnant with Fisher, but we waited to find out what we were having. We didn't even know. And so when when we were, when, he, when we got to the point where Crystal was about to deliver, all the nurses from the whole floor came, and the room was packed with people. Mm-hmm. And when he was born, everybody's like, it's a boy, it's a boy. And I was in shock. I mean, I was like in shock. It was the first, you know, relationship I'd ever had, father, son. It was like really crazy. And so the the doctor walks over to me and he just kind of reaches his hands out and he says, do you want to hold your son? And I said, yeah. And when he puts Fisher in my hands, the Lord spoke to me and said, I just want you to know that I know your heart's desire better than you do. You've been praying about being out of debt, but what you really wanted was someone to carry on your name and the ministry I'm calling you to. And it just wiped me out. I was like, I, you know, it was like one of those moments where you're like, God actually knows what I want, even though I don't even know what I want. I, you know, I didn't, I'm thinking worldly. You're focused on money. (laughs) and, And he's thinking about. And God's like, no, what your heart's desire is, is for you to have a son to carry on your family line. And man, it just rocked my world. I mean, it was just like, the oh, I, 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 whew, I'm telling you guys, man, this, when you walk with the Lord like this, man, it is so rewarding because the things like that that happen, they're just like, they stick with you like they happened yesterday. Yeah. You know, so tangible. And two, whenever we had Fisher, um, our church really like helped us so much in all of that too, because, you know, like he was saying, you know, funds were tight. I never bought one baby item for Fisher. I think until he was like, I know he was over one, like diapers or anything. I never had to buy not one thing. God totally not only gave us the son, but he, he gave us everything that went along with it. I mean, I had friends given the crib and that just everything. And then um, our pantry when we came home was, was full. Flat full. You could of you food. could not put a stick of butter in our refrigerator. It was yeah, in our pantry that was our big house that you yeah. know we lost, but it had a big old pantry in it. And our pantry was almost as big as our bedroom now. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is absolutely <laughs> true. I ain't not kidding y'all. <laughs> yeah, he's not. We had a freezer in the pantry. That's how big it was. Yeah. Yeah. Our yeah. stand up freezer was in there. But yeah, so I mean that 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 was cool. And then I had brain surgery five months after Fisher was born and our church again really helped us out during that time and cooked food and did all that and helped take care of of things. But 
Yeah, I yeah, mean, I'm telling you, some of these some of these things are just so crazy, you guys, that it's almost hard to believe that God did some of the things He did. So, um, I'd I'd forgotten about the the Fisher thing, like not buying not one thing for him until <coughs> he was over one year old. It might have even been one and a half, but I totally forgot about that till just now. Yeah, but, it was, I I tell you another thing that was crazy. I was uh, a senior pastor of a Baptist church and I was feeling like God was telling me to, to, to resign. I mean, here I am making over $40,000 a year and God's telling me to resign. And trust me, when you're making money after you hadn't made money for a few years, it's really like, you know, scary, but i really felt like God was telling me it was time for me to move on. And <clears throat> golly, this is so crazy. So I'm thinking about getting, you know, leaving the church and walking away from the salary and the whole thing with no plan. There's nothing out there waiting for me. You just felt led. I just felt led. There was nothing. I wasn't leaving for a reason or anything like that. It was just I I felt led. And Travis Buchanan wanted to go on a leadership trip with his guys from his church. And so we're out there and we go and we we pull up at this campground and the only people there are us and one guy was sitting there that was a hiker. He had been hiking. His name was Jed. I think it's Jeb. Jeb, I think is his name. And so I walk up to him and I'm like, hey, man, um, I'm Skipper, whatever, you know. And he entered and he said, hey, man, um, I called in and they said this place was reserved. I said, no, you can stay with us. Don't worry about it. I said, we reserved it. I said, but you're welcome to stay. And so he sits down and we're just, me and Travis and the guys just start sharing our testimonies and stuff and, you know. And he said, that, and as we got to know him, he had been hiking from all the way up north, like up in the Appalachian Trail, and he hiked all the way down the United States, and he was in Florida, and it'd been he he'd like been hiking for over a decade or something. It was insane, and so I was like, you know, and and that was crazy. And we we just basically gave him dinner, and it was like, and the next morning the sun's coming up, and I see him walking by my you know, my screen room where I'm sleeping and I hop up and I'm like, Hey man, you good? You know, cause it was really early, like really early. And he goes, no, I'm not. And I'm like, what, uh, what's wrong, man? And he said, well, it's not nothing really wrong. He said, I've just never heard of having a relationship with Jesus. I've never heard of it like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, man. I said, that's, you know, that's the way it is. And he said, is there any way I could canoe with you guys today? And I'm like, yeah, but you're going to be going backwards now because we're going seven miles from where you've already come. And he goes, that don't matter. He said, is there any chance that you would baptize me so I can start my relationship with Jesus today? And I'm like blown away. We didn't even attempt a witness to him. (laughs) And so we get on the river and we're going down and there's a spring coming out over these rocks. And And he says, hey, man, that's where I want you to baptize me, right there in front of that spring. And I said, okay. And so I get out and I baptize him. And there was like two or three guys that had cameras in their hand. And only one picture came out of all the cameras. cameras. (laughs) One picture showed up out of all those cameras. And when you look at it, it literally looks like I am baptizing Jesus. I mean, it, Mm -hmm. the, the image that we have seen in modern day of Jesus, this picture looks like I'm baptizing Jesus. And it just rocked our world because we were like, he could have taken any trail at some point in this decade and went some other direction. And we'd have never met him, but here he is sitting on this, at this, you know, mm-hmm. campground. And I'm like, God, you got to explain this to me. I know nothing happens by chance. This is a divine appointment, but I need to understand 
what is that all about? How in the world? And God said, and he showed me that picture and everybody kept saying, man, it looks like you're baptizing Jesus. It looks, and we'll, and we'll put it on the podcast so you guys can see it. And, and I said, I know, man. And I prayed about it. <coughs> Excuse me. And this is what God said. God said, I just wanted you to know that you can step out in faith because my son's always with you. Like he was, he was the representation of Jesus to me that he's always with me. And then God sent me to him and me and Travis and all of us to him to help him find his way to him, to Christ. And it just rocked my world. It was one of those crazy things. And then shortly after that, I was working out at Camp Anderson and I had stepped out from the church. I had resigned. I was not making any money. It was summertime. I remember that summer. I didn't work that whole summer. And what crazy enough, the church actually gave me a severance package like I was like like I was retiring or something. So they gave me three months salary. So I didn't have to worry about the summer. And I left. And during that summer, there was a guy that called me and he had already given a car to, to, to Lindsay. Lindsay started praying for a car when she wanted to drive. He'd given her a car. And then he called me up and he told me he wanted to give me a car. And then he brings a brand new Corolla, Toyota Corolla, and he's talking about he wants me to have it. And I'm like, what in the world do I need a Toyota Corolla for? You know, I'm a truck guy. You know, I'm a big burly guy. And I went home and I told Crystal, I said, I must be fixing to be called to something where I need to drive a lot. Because God, I think God's fixing to give me a brand new Corolla. And just so you guys know, shortly after that, I got hired by FCA. And since I've had that car in 2018 to now, which is 2021, that car's got like 145,000 miles on it <laughs> yeah. in that short yeah. amount of time. Yeah. And boy, it saved us some money in well, gas. Backing up on Lindsay, that little booger, she, that th- her story was cool too. You, you mentioned it, but she did not want to drive. She took that online safety, whatever driver's license class, and it freaked her out seeing the dead people in the road and all that. And she was like, did not want to drive. And I was, I was okay with it. Cause I really didn't want crazy about her driving anyway, but she was what fixing to be 18, I think. And she it, was it, like, it'd been a couple of years, 19 maybe. Cause she, you know, she didn't even get her license until then. Well, I think she got her license when she was 18 because you don't have to wait the full year thing if you're 18 first and she didn't have to wait a full year from having her restricted to her license, but she, you know, just decided herself, she was going to start praying. She started praying about it. She's like, God, if you want me to drive, give me a car, a car. And two weeks, two weeks later is when that man gave her specifically for her not, you know, we have people give to the ministry. Um, but no, specifically this is for Lindsay. No, he called me and he said, I have a car for Lindsay. Yeah. That's what he told me. And I was like, wow, man, she just started praying about that. Yeah. But when you, what I try she to. She still drives it. Yeah, she still drives it. And what I try to explain to people about God is God doesn't meet your wants. He meets your needs. There's totally, there's a totally, total difference mm-hmm. in your needs and your wants. Because I would, if I, if I was going to a car lot to get a new car, it wouldn't have been a Toyota Corolla. It wouldn't have been. You would, that would have been like the last choice. But I needed it. I needed a car to save gas and that would get me efficiently back and forth to where I'm going to minister. And um, so, anyway, just so you guys know, this is just a little tiny bit of our testimony. And a little... Hold on, one more, one more. Okay, go ahead. You remember when, um, when we were at the big house and we are like, losing everything? Um, 
the dually needed a part that was like, wait, 850 bucks. Okay. Those of you guys out there that are gearheads, I have a 2004 F-350 that has a 6.0 and all of you out there that have anything to do with 6.0s, you know that it has to have a new EGR cooler. So I'm driving it down the road one day and it starts blowing white smoke. Like, like, like I was trying to make some kind of signal, smoke, yeah, smoke <laughs> signal or something. It was crazy. And I didn't know nothing about it, but I knew that I had to buy this bulletproof EGR cooler. And it was like 780 bucks. And it took everything in our account to buy that part. No, because I thought, are you thinking of a different time? Because I know that truck's had a few issues. But yeah, few. but no, I'm talking about whenever you, the part, it was 850 bucks. And then my car, my Durango needed a part. And it was about 50 bucks. And you went out to my car one afternoon and... You come walking in and you go, do you always keep a thousand dollars? No, I dash? called you because you weren't home. I remember I, w- I was, I, w- oh, I, w- I thought I, was I sat down in your car and there was an envelope on your dash, that, uh-huh. you know, and I was like, and I grabbed it and I look at it and it's just a wad of cash and I start counting it and I called you and I'm like, do you always leave your car unlocked in the driveway with 800 bucks in it? That just goes to show you how memory isn't very reliable because I could have swore I was standing. You were in the kitchen. You come walking in. And I was in the living room when you said that to me. Well, I'll trust your. That's crazy. But I remember. <laughs> I remember going to you and going, "Why is your car unlocked with all this money in it?" Yeah. You know, and literally, like that was a wad of money that somebody brought to our house unannounced and dropped off in her car for a wedding that she had done photography for a year before when i told her it was a gift but she just yeah she did that just because she wanted to bless us mm-hmm. just a sister in christ and it was exactly the amount of money the parts cost for the vehicles that we had yeah and i remember thinking you know <laughs> i mean it's just crazy how god works you know it's just crazy and but, his timing yeah because That's we it literally <laughs> took it literally drained our account to buy those parts you know, it took everything we had. And I was so concerned about that because I'm like, I don't know how we're going to make it. But it, I mean, things like this happen all the time. And I'll tell you, and so the, all these stories are big stories, but I'll tell you a little tiny story because I want you to know that God's not just in the big stuff, that he's also in the little stuff. So that same dually, that same truck that I've had all these problems with, the bearing on the back of the wheel went out. And those of you may not know about bearings, but there's an axle that comes out and the bearing sits on it. And the bottom part of that bearing is called the race, where the ball bearings actually, you know, they run through that race. And it was almost welded onto the axle because it had gotten so hot because it had went bad. And I didn't know how to get it off. And I was sitting there trying to get it off and trying to get it off. And I was up at my mom's store. And this guy walks up and he goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to get this race off, man. It's kind of like melted onto my axle. And he goes, man, here, let me watch out. And he sits down. I had a little stool there I was sitting on. He goes, I used to do this for a living, and I retired last week. And he gets this hammer and chisel. It's off in like two seconds. And I'm looking at him, and all I could think was, God, you trip me out. You will even send the perfect person at the perfect time for something as small as a race on an axle. And it just... It's just like those, I call them God winks. It's like when God's just saying, I love you. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm here with you. And that's what those little things that happen in your life like that. And these big things and little things, he's always just kind of touching you and saying, keep going. 
Yeah, and it's to like, all the females out there, I apologize for my husband's car stories. <laughs> He's always explaining stuff to me, and I'm sitting there thinking, I really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but I listen. But my wife wrote a list of things that God's done for us, and I guarantee you we've only gotten through about half of them. Uh, we did pretty good. What's yeah. another one? Uh, FCA and Ernie and Through the Window. But, well... It's good. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll have to do a follow-up podcast for you guys. Cause yeah, because there's something going on right now that, like, we're in the middle of God doing. That's crazy, too. It's got a yeah. really cool story, too. Yeah, it does. But we're not to the other side yet, so. Yeah, we're in we'll the middle of that. a potential prophecy being fulfilled. Yeah, crazy. was spoken over my life nine years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, we're in the middle of that right now, and we'll hopefully next week we'll have a little bit more. Details. We're still on the front row seat of the God show. Yeah, it's still happening, man. <laughs> it's still happening. And it seems like the things keep getting bigger and bigger that God's doing. Oh, my gosh. You I know. know. Like, yeah. God you is, know. he's a big God. Yeah. He can do it. It's, it's amazing. And I always tell people, man, if if your if your prayers are not intimidating to you, then they're insulting to God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, he's the father of all. We don't yeah. need to be worried about making our prayers too lofty. The one thing I can promise you, no matter how big your vision is, God's cool with it. It doesn't make any difference to him because he knows, you know, he's he's infinite. So anyway, I hope you guys get encouraged by this, man. I really do because, you know, this is this is just a part of our testimony and a part of what God's done in our life. And, you know, and so if you know anybody that's struggling and maybe scared to step out in faith or worried about listening to God when he's telling them to move or what have you, share this podcast with them, man. Just you know, click it, share it, send it to them and just tell them, man, this is just an encouraging word because I promise you that, you know, getting up every day, reading your Bible and seeking God's face and going to church and being part of a church family and, and just really loving and listening and worshiping God, it pays off in huge ways that no, nothing in the world can offer you the same kind yeah, of our church family helped us through a lot. Yeah. And that was hopeful Baptist church and yeah. pastor Rodney. That was where that all that was happened. Our old home. Yeah. I missed them. Yeah. But um, thank you guys for watching. Those of you guys that listen to the podcast, we really, really appreciate yep. you. And um, we just love doing ministry and, and we hope we're helping somebody. So, but this hopefully will have encouraged you. And just so you guys know, we don't monetize our podcast. So it's not about money, but if you really want to try to help somebody and bless them, man, share the podcast because we always talk about the gospel. We always try to encourage people. And we're always trying to point people to Jesus. So if you want to help spread the gospel, just share it with somebody and try to get them um, to subscribe to the channel and, and uh, be a part of what we're doing. I mean, it's a great way to, to share. Uh, if you love Jesus and you love the Lord, it's a great way to share it with people. So yep. we love you. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. We'll do a We'll do a part two of God's blessings. We'll do a part two for you guys. See you later.